In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to the Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey Johnson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on past life lessons to learn and grow from them and to take it to the next level and help others who are struggling through dark times. Now, I'm sure you all have heard the phrase, can't see the forest from the trees. Well, today, we are going to learn how to see that forest, right? When we're trying to our best to navigate through the rough waters of our lives with seemingly endless dark days, we can sometimes become overtaken by that present moment of despair and anguish, so much to the point that we often forget some of the very fundamentals that can actually help us turn things around. One of those is laughter. Another is play. My special guest offers a refreshing and innovative perspective to playing as a means of team development, improved productivity, and addressing toxicity in the workplace. He's an international speaker, having spoken at conferences such as Inbound and South by Southwest. His work has been featured in the New York Times and CNN, and he was selected by Engagedly as one of the top 100 HR influencers of 2020. I am so, so excited about this conversation because his work is about rediscovery in its truest sense. And through his company, Rediscover Your Play, he is making it happen everywhere he goes. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to welcome Jeff Harry. Jeff, hey, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm so excited about this conversation. Let's get into it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it is great to have you here. I'm equally excited, and I'm really pumped up, man. The listeners are really, really in for a treat. So let's start by just asking, what was life like for Jeff growing up, and what was your inspiration and what led to your inspiration behind the launch of this amazing practice? Yeah, so that's a great question. So I was I first simply resonated with your podcast because we both have rediscover in our the title of, of our work, right? That's right. So, you know, and to, to go back to what caused me to rediscover, it really started off when I was eight years old. I remember mm. seeing the movie Big. Remember Big with Tom Hanks? Yep, sure. So I saw that when I was a kid, and I remember that he got to play with toys for a living. And I was like, oh man, that's a job. <laughs> and he was dancing on that piano, you know, and then all of a sudden the CEO of the company is like, hey, you're really fun. You know, let me offer you a job. So right. I literally went down to FEO Schwartz like that week. Uh-huh. you know, with my family and dance on the piano thinking like someone was going to discover me and that did not happen. So <laughs> I came home and I started writing toy companies and I was writing them on my word processor. Like that's dating me. Right. Mm. And I would send them like multiple letters like a week. So I was spamming before spam was a thing. They, <laughs> they thought I was an adult because I would type it out. Um, and then they would just send me all these rejection letters back, but I just kept doing it. Yeah. 
until a toy company actually wrote me back and told me to go to mechanical engineering in sophomore year. And I should have never listened to them, but whatever, <laughs> you know? So I, right, go, right. I go to college, I graduate, I get in the toy industry. And I don't know if you've ever like gotten what you thought you wanted and yeah. then you have it. And yeah. then you're so disappointed with what <laughs> it is. <laughs> so right. like, thought I would be surrounded by toys. I thought I would be surrounded by people that were fun and exciting and high-fiving and kids and all that. And it felt like we could have been selling microwaves or like, <laughs> you know, like hand towels for all. It didn't matter. Right, right. And I was in New York and I was like, and then 9-11 happened and I was like, I don't want to die in a cubicle. And I remember, you know, moving to the Bay Area, to San Francisco Bay Area. I lived in right. Oakland. Mm-hmm. And I found an organization that was teaching kids engineering with Lego. And there were only seven people that were already there, you know, a nerdy group of people. And I helped them grow this organization over the next like 15 years. And we went mm. from seven to 400 people and we taught a hundred thousand kids a year. And the whole, di- whole time we were just playing and making things up. We had no idea what we were doing. You know, we would pick cities because they were fun. We would, you know, we had no business plan. We hire people because they were fun and (laughs) making it up. And then Silicon Valley, a lot of companies, Silicon Valley noticed us because we were so large and they were like, Hey, do you do team building events for adults? And we were like, of course we do. Even though we didn't, we didn't know what we were doing, (laughs) but we said yes. And then while I was running a lot of these workshops where they were like, yeah, we want to be innovative and creative and collaborative. Right. I realized a lot of the environment that they claimed they wanted, they had not created. It was not a place Mm. for risk-taking. It was not a place to play. It was not a place for innovation. Um, And in many ways, they weren't dealing with bigger issues like toxicity at work, how to deal with with racism at work? How do you talk about racism at work? How do you um, deal with office politics, the meeting before the meeting, the meeting after the meeting? How do you deal with your inner critic? You know, all of this stuff that they just weren't addressing. So I created Rediscover Your Play to address a lot of those pain points for organizations and then also help people rediscover who they are in a playful way. Beautiful, beautiful. Man, uh, yeah, I totally can relate to those experiences that you have where, you know, you, you really you really build up and have an imagination for what a certain job or a certain role or an mm-hmm. event would be, right? And then you actually fall into that event or fall into that role. And it's it's not all you you cracked it up to be, mm-hmm. you know, over the years, right? So uh, so you know, just flying by the seat of your pants doing a lot of uh, just just random decision making in who you do business with who you interact with who you're hired with and so forth it sounds like uh, I don't know it was just like a beautiful recipe for things coming together by just playing yeah um, would that be accurate yeah it's it's playing following my curiosity not right. judging so much right? right not looking for the right way or the wrong way right um, and i think that's really important especially during 2020 where you know we all had a vision of what 2020 was going to be that's right and like none of that happened <laughs> like it all went <laughs> you know you had you have to let go of all of that yes. and i think a lot of people the the 
the part that is like really rough on people mm -hmm. is I talk about this a lot that like adults are so fixated on results, yeah. right? And expectations are such the thief of joy that totally. if you're not willing to let go of what you thought 2020 was going to be, then mm -hmm. you can't create the next great thing in the last two months that you have in 2020. And what's yep. so resilient about kids is like they play something and when they're done, they move on, you know? Yeah. you know. Yeah. So for us to be able to let go, like I even do this workshop with my friend Lauren Yee where we literally mm -hmm. have people write down what they expected 2020 would be and then we have them fold it up into a paper airplane and let literally let it go because it's like, you gotta let it go right now because you can't wow. do anything new until wow. you let it go. And that's like, I feel with any person that's trying to get back on the road to rediscovery is they have to let go of what the old story is in order to build a new story. Oh, for sure, for sure. And, and, and what a metaphor, right? Uh, just, writing down what your expectations were for 2020, making a paper airplane and just letting it go. Yeah, you, you really can't move on to building bigger and better things until you let that part go for sure. And, and man, uh, one thing that, again, resonated with me that you just mentioned is, you know, going into 2020, I had these huge thoughts, right? I think yeah, a lot did. of people did yep. because, you know, just, 2020 2020 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. usually that represents you know a clear vision yep. right 2020 yep. vision yep. Uh, which means epic things are going to happen well little did we know that they were epic things in a different direction not necessarily all positive right right yeah yeah so 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 to me man that is absolutely tremendous now one thing that uh, you bring to the table jeff that i just find absolutely fascinating okay, is uh, helping people get to the root of their issues, helping teens get to the root of their issues with, uh, with play, right? Uh, addressing hard conversations, things like racism in the workplace, mm -hmm. right? Um, things like, uh, like harassment, you know, mm -hmm. um, that, that can be tough. Those conversations can be tough. Um, but uh, somehow you just bring the, the concept of play into it without, without anyone losing sight on the objective yeah. of play. How, now that's a tough balance to strike, I would imagine, because yeah, yeah and, 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 and just, and here's an example that I have, and just tell me how you would respond to something like this. Sure. So you have a sales team, okay? And the sales team has hired you to, uh, to, to just uh, uh, come up with a play workshop a workshop with play to help address a um, to help address a strong uh, over competitiveness uh, that is causing toxicity in uh, within their group. Right. Because in sales and marketing, it can get quite competitive. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you are competitive amongst each other within and you're on the same team, then, you know, that can kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, that can kind of, uh, taint the environment so to speak um and 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 so how and and, and play can sometimes be competitive mm -hmm. so how can you incorporate play in a workshop say something like that where everyone still keeps their uh their their eye on the prize they still know what the objective is without losing sight of that right um and 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 and, and not be so over competitive during the play 
Does that? Yeah, I I, th- I think I would first talk to like the team lead, right? Or the right. sales to the person that's that's driving this and okay. really make sure that we're on the same page. Like, what is it that you want to get out of this? Yeah. You know, how do you want to, how do you want your team to act differently? Yeah. Oh, you want them to act more like a team? Okay, well, let's, ex- let's first explore this. Do right. you have a brilliant jerk? Right. And I refer to the brilliant jerk as like Simon Sinek mentions this. It's usually the top performer that is bringing in the most amount of revenue. Mm -hmm. But in the process of bringing the most amount of revenue, they're also very cocky and they also are super rude to everyone else and be like, okay, what's more important, the brilliant jerk or the team? Even before I would start the workshop, just like understanding from that team lead. What's important. And the reason I bring this up is because Simon Sinek was interviewing the Navy SEALs and he talked about how they will never recruit the brilliant jerk. And the reason why is it destroys team chemistry. And if, and you, and if you think about this in like terms of sports, think of baseball, like Alex Rodriguez, when he was on the Texas Rangers, like really toxic for the team. As soon as he left, they started excelling. Same thing with Ken Griffey Jr. when he was on the Seattle Manors. Not bad guys, just no. not good for that team. And as soon right. as they left, other people could step up. So, like you, so first I would approach it from that point. And then I would also approach it from how's the turnover, right? right. Um, Sherm did a study recently, October of 2019, right. where they found out that $223 billion has been lost just in Fortune 500 companies alone in the last five years, billion, because of toxic people. And that's only the companies that are willing to admit it, not even the companies that not are willing to admit it. So again, I would go to that team lead and be like, how much turnover are you dealing with? Okay, do you want to change that? If you want to change that, let's explore what that looks like. So then I think a lot of times with sales teams, you know, or just teams in general, they don't right. have a lot of t- they don't have a lot of practice having hard conversations. Right. There's never a time where the manager, when they get promoted, are like, "Okay, now you're the manager. Here's how you lead. You know, here's right. how you have a hard." So yeah. people are just making it up. So what we create in our workshops is like, how do you confront someone about a toxic issue? How do right. I go up to Chad and yep. say, "Hey, Chad, you know, when you cut off Samantha in the middle of the meeting, mm-hmm. you are." making it seem like you don't want to hear what she has to say and you're communicating to the rest of the team. You don't want to hear what we have to say either. Mm. Is that your intent? Oh, it's not your intent. Okay, great. And then if it was your intent and then you're like, don't care, then I need to go to the, to the team leader, the supervisor and be like, Hey, is this what our mission values match up with? You know, like if we're trying to hit metrics, is it yep. better to raise all boats and make sure all of the sales team is supporting one another and being like, yo, let me get your back. Oh, you got sick. I'll call right. your salesperson. I'll call your, your clients while you're gone because, yeah. because it's all about us coming up with a sales goal that we all get rewarded by, right? right? Let's right. figure out ways in which we can all be rewarded instead of just rewarding the top person and letting go of the worst person. Yes. Like how do we create an environment that, that is um, supportive of one another and actually has a little bit more humanity, especially during these COVID times, instead of pitting each other against one another, when frankly, you're already competing with so many competitors already, why would you want to create internal competition? So that I would be putting all those things out there, both in when I'm talking to the team lead and how we approach the actual workshop. 
That's a great approach. That's a great approach. I really, really uh, appreciate you sharing that insight, Jeff, uh, because those are questions they're going to have to answer even before you launch into a workshop. It yeah. sounds like, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's go to the other side of it. All right. On the other side of it, uh, the workshop has been done. Uh, it's been, it's been set, it's been done, it's been executed. Uh, you know, when, when you're working with businesses, obviously the top brass is uh, usually all about the bottom line, right? Mm -hmm. They're concerned about the bottom line. Um, meaning in, in, in this case, how effective has your workshop been in right. helping the team uh, develop, right? And move the needle. Right. So what are the, and you talked about metrics a, a minute ago, what are, what are some of the methods or behavior changes that uh, you consider or your clients consider um, to be the measure for success of your plan? Right. So some of the measures of success, and a lot of this we do through surveys and just checking back in with people is mm -hmm. how are communication levels? How are turnover levels? How, how, are, the, how are the team meetings? Right. Are people now leaving more energized from these meetings or are they not? Is right. that toxic person still acting the way they act? And the fact is, and, and let's, be, let's be honest, it's not like a quick fix. None of this is. It's all, it's all about us asking the right questions to start the conversations, but then they have to do a lot of the work, right? Yeah, like yeah. when you're dealing with a toxic person at work, it might take a year before they either change their behavior or leave, you know, sure. you know, so you have to like really be open to the process. It's all about the process, focus on the process, right? right. Um, so that, so turnover, communication, um, some uh, companies measure, measure it by like, it's not happiness levels, but like appreciation for their work, right? right, right. If we're working on a workshop that's all about getting people in a state of flow, yeah. asking them, hey, how much more of that zone of genius work are you doing? Is it more than you were doing before this uh, date, right? I see. Like really see. small things, because I think yeah. a lot of times we're like thinking there's a magic bullet and there never is because you yeah. have to do the work. Right. But, but it, there are signs of progress. And yes. a lot of the signs of progress, even during COVID times is like, can I ask this person to get this other person's back and they'll do it. Mm, That's mm -hmm. a really good sign. Gotcha. You know, is yeah. my is my boss asking me how I'm doing and checking in with me right. instead of just focusing on whether I made my quota for this right. quarter. Right. I see. Um, a level of engagement, right? And uh, are we sustaining that level of engagement among the team, right. among the individuals on the team? Um, you know, over time. And, uh, and a good measure is, are we doing that even when it's tough? Because when right. it's, things are going well, of course, you're like, everyone's in a good mood and hey, well, the revenues are right. going great. But like during this time where there's yeah. a lot of like recession in the experience of a lot of companies, yeah. it's like, how are you operating during that time? Are you recoiling or right. are you being more transparent with your team and being like, hey, I don't know what's going to happen next, but we're going to figure it out together. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. And that's a reassuring uh, uh, feeling that I think the team members get, you know, uh, as long as they know that their leader uh, is engaged mm -hmm. and aware, you mm -hmm. know, and, and has, has full visibility and, and awareness of, of, of where their team is yeah. at, 
you know, in that current state, that current time, right? Whether it's good or bad, just right. having the awareness because then you can move in the direction towards development, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. So um, let's talk about uh, just the fundamentals of play, right? Um, mm -hmm. you, you talk a lot about, you know, just uh, working with clients to, uh, to just rediscover their childhood, right? And just, just, just some of the games they played as a child. How did you feel as you, as you were playing that game? You know, mm -hmm. um, what if the game didn't work, then what did you do then as a kid and so forth? So um, in a lot of cases, especially as children, you know, um, with games and everything, um, there, there's, there's been, there's a, there's a degree of humor, okay? And, and a degree of just, uh, well, okay, let me put it this way, all right? Um, ever since childhood, okay, personally, I've been a big fan of humor. I love to laugh, and I will go and tread in the waters of goofiness, mm -hmm. you know, for the sake of having a good laugh now, mm -hmm. never at the expense of others. Okay. Right. But, but I would tread in that area of goofiness, you know, just to, to have a good laugh, you know, and to share that laugh with someone. So I I've had growing up, I've had uh, friends of mine often tell me that, that I'm, that I'm weird, you mm. know, that I'm, I act weird and so mm. forth. Mm. And, and I, 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 I read one of your blog entries, um, I think called Embrace Your Weird. Ah, W-Y-R-D, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I think there's a sense of vulnerability that one must have to actually act goofy in a playful way or, or, yep. or even to, to be weird or, yep. or demonstrate yep. weirdness. Yep. You know, but at the same time with vulnerability, I think over time, that person also enjoys the freedom that comes with it as well. And I, I just wanted your thoughts on that. Yeah. So um, the, I, I, I needed to pull this uh, document up for it. So the modern word for weird, W-E-I-R-D, comes from the ancestral term weird, W-Y-R-D, which, uh, okay. which literally means that which has become mm -hmm. well, roughly speaking weird translates into what we're evolving to like I what see. are we becoming right. you know and what's funny about that word weird is a lot of times people are like oh you're strange oh you're you know that's yeah. that's like whatever you're doing is wrong right, right. Yeah. and yeah. i love to talk to people about why adults don't play enough and the best way in which i describe why adults don't play enough is 148,000 no's. And what I mean by that is by the time this, this, this professor did this study and found by yeah. the time we're 18, we've heard the word no 148,000 times, at least, wow. at least wow. that month. Wow. And the amount of yeses is under 10,000. So you're hearing no that many times. Then on top of that, you're should on all the time when you're a kid, you should do this, you should do that, you're should on by teachers, you're should on by your parents, you're should on by adults, right? Then you go to school where they tell you that you have to raise your hand, that you have to ask for permission all the time. And then when you're in your teens, you get social media where it's constantly telling you you're not enough. And then while all of this is going on, someone is always telling you you're too mischievous, you're too much, 
you're too weird. So it's such, so knowing all that, let's first have compassion for ourselves, right? Thank and then you. That's also right. knowing all that, anyone that is embracing that weird, nerdy part of themselves, mm -hmm. it's such a freaking rebellious act that you're doing. It's such a revolutionary act for you to fight all those societal norms that are telling you to be normal, right? right. And being right. like, no. I reject that. I reject this notion that I have to be like everybody else. I reject the notion that I have to have the same boring conversations. Right. I want to be goofy. I want right. to be silly. And what is what is goofier when someone comes up and is like, why are you being so silly? What they're really saying is like, why are you having so much fun? I'm not having that much fun, but it yep. seems like you're having that much fun. And I'm jealous. But instead <laughs> of selling all that, saying all that, they just yep. say, why are you being so silly? You're just so weird right now. So I yeah. started to take that on as like a mantle whenever someone would say I was weird, especially in right. high school and, you know, college or just whenever, even when, even when I was a kid, yeah. because I was just like, yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. so much fun to be weird and to, and explore the world this way, then do it in the normal way, because I'm noticing you're not having a lot of fun in the normal way. No, no, so true. You're not, and 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 I don't know. It's just a a feeling of release when you 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 demonstrate your your weirdness, and and you're not like you said following the societal norms, saying that okay, you're of this race, you're of this gender, you're of this age range. Mm -hmm. How you should be. This is this is how this is. That's why I hate all those listicles. Yeah. You know, those listicles that are like, by the time you're 30, you should have done this. Yeah. By the time you're 40, you should. What are you talking about? Who's writing this? A 20 year old? Like, yeah. like, what is, what is, this is like, again, telling me how I should be living my life, you know? And, and I, I want to put this out to your listeners. Like, no one knows what they're doing. Nobody right. knows what we're doing. We're all making it up as we go along, which is, right. which is fine. But when someone claims that they know everything when someone claims them as to being an expert especially yeah. during the pandemic when i would hear people being like well you need to pivot your business or you need to do this you need to do that and i was like were you around in 1918 like were you around during <laughs> right. the last pandemic because if you weren't yeah. then shut up because exactly. you don't have anything else to say besides yeah. maybe something that works that has worked out for you and That's you right. can share it as like hey this worked out for me maybe it works out for you but when you're doing it like this is the way yeah. then it's just like come on dude like yeah. you need to just you yeah. need to check yourself no, you know totally. and then and then tying back into like the play the idea of play like the way i define play because right. i define it in a very broad sense right yeah. i define play as any joyful act where you're fully present in the moment yes where it's purposeless where you are not focused on a result. You're yeah. just fully in love with the process. You don't have anxiety about the future. You don't have regrets about the past. You're just fully in your zone of genius. And a lot of companies would refer to that as flow. Like you're in a of state of flow, right? right, right. Yeah. And then breaking down the brains or just a little bit of the brain science behind it is usually your prefrontal cortex is in a beta mode where, where you have your inner critic, where you have your self-consciousness, where you're protecting yourself. Yeah. But when you get into a state of flow, as Dr. Csikszentmihalyi would say, is what's happening is your skill level, the, your skill level is meeting the challenge perfectly. 
So mm. a lot of times, and he set this up in a flow chart of like, when you don't have a lot of skill, but the, the challenge is really hard, you have a ton of anxiety, like right, when you right, first right. start a job, right? Yep. But when you have a ton of skill and you've been doing the job forever, you're bored, right? So be, right. but between anxiety and boredom is that flow state. And what's happening when you're exactly. in that flow state yes. is something referred to as transient hypnofrontality, where right. a part of your prefrontal cortex is actually shutting down and it's, and it's distorting time. So that's right. why you forget about time. You're just like, oh, this is just amazing. Yeah. And then yeah. also your inner critic starts to dissipate. It starts to disappear. Right. And then your implicit mind appears and you become highly creative and, and you get a shot of dopamine and you become highly curious. And then you are open to all these possibilities. Unlike most adults where they're so fixated on one result, I need this result. Right, you're instead right. curious like a kid and you just see all the opportunities in front of you. And you know you've been in that flow state when you like travel and you're saying yes to things and you're willing to hop on a moped that takes you to a deserted island where you are at a party where you meet the love of your life. You're just saying yes to everything, right? Yeah. And that is the, the state that I want to help people get more into. That's beautiful, but people have to understand that it's a process. It's a right? process, yeah. It's a process to get into that flow state. And, and, and once you're in that flow state, and this is a question I have for you, Jeff, uh, it almost sounds like uh, there's some correlation between um, that the, the flow state, okay, uh, your abilities and the challenge. There's a sweet spot there. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm a big, I'm a big, big proponent of, um, of uh, mindfulness and mm -hmm. mindful meditation and breathing. And a lot of that has to deal with uh, being in the present moment. Right? Yeah. So taking past thoughts and impressions go prior to going into that moment, mm -hmm. um, just throwing them out, any future thoughts or think uh, things that you want to think about in the future, just throwing that out and being in the present moment. Right. Uh, but again, it doesn't happen at a flip of a switch or a snap of a finger. It's a process that you fall into that state. Mm -hmm. And then all of these uh, uh, revelations start to come. These right, right. And yeah, yeah. And There's I love correlation. Yeah, no. And I love that you mentioned the mindfulness and the calmness piece, because it reminds me of, of my play mentor, Gwen Gordon, that says, before you can play, you have to learn how to soothe yourself. Yes. And you adopt how you soothe yourself from the person that nurtured you and took care of you the most. So if they didn't know how to calm and soothe themselves, then they pass that along to you. So you might be taking on some of that trauma. Right. So you have, to, you have to explore, how do I get calm? When do I have my most uh, some of my best ideas? Oh, it's when I'm in the shower. Oh, it's when right. I'm walking. Oh, it's when right. I'm doing this thing or that thing. Yeah. Ah, so I've... Because you can't be frustrated or fearful or have anxiety and then be like, are you ready to play? Because they're like, no, I'm scared right now. Like I'm yeah. not ready at all to play. But yeah. if you're able to soothe and calm yourself after I tell people to do that, then I say, which is ironic, but I say to them, get bored. Yeah. Now it's your opportunity to get bored, which yeah. means don't allow so much information to come in. Social media, shut it off for a couple hours. Stop mm -hmm. bitch watching Netflix for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. Get your mind, as you were saying, mindfulness and calmness to quiet your mind so you can hear that inner curiosity, that inner child 
do that little whisper, as Elizabeth Gilbert says. It's not this loud voice, but this inner whisper that yes. says things to you like, hey, start that podcast. Hey, right. wouldn't it be cool to make that video? Hey, wouldn't it be cool to reach out to that person you've been wanting to reach out to for over six months and you've been putting right. it off because it's super scary? Like, right. And then it really doesn't matter what you're doing, mm -hmm. right, to get in that flow state. You're right. simply just exploring that curiosity. And then you realize, oh, wow, that wasn't that hard to send that email to that person. What right. else do I want to do that's also fun and curious and, and delicious? And then yes. you follow that and you follow that. Yes. And that is how you follow that road to rediscovery to figure mm. out who you are. Beautiful, beautiful. I, I agree 100%, man. I, I agree because, you know, um, uh, there's, a, there's a lot to be said about, you know, when we are in the present moment and, 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 and we're going through uh, just, just trying to force ourselves and, and you can't force yourself when you're in the present moment to, to stay in the present moment or mm -hmm. force those epiphanies yep. to come on to yep. you. I mean, it's something that has to like almost organically happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, 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 uh, you know, Gwen Gordon always says like, you know, the freedom to play also provides you the freedom not to play. Right. Yes. Like yes. you're on the playground and some kids are playing and some kids are not, you know? Right. And right. you, and you can't be like, okay, I want to get into a flow state right now. Let me get into it. Like, yeah, you, you create the atmosphere where it may happen or it may not happen. But right. even if you're just creating the atmosphere where you're calm, where you're, where you're, where you're bored or, or like listening to yourself, yeah. things will come from it, even if it's yes. not the thing. And yes. I think that's another thing about it where like people were like, well, I need to get into it. I need to get into it right now. Yeah. No, that is the adult inner critic talking, which is like so focused on results and being like, I need to get in this flow state so I can write this, this amazing thing. And it's like, yeah. No, you're missing the point. It's about yeah. the process. It's about falling in love with being present, falling in love with being comfortable in your own skin and just sitting right. in that. Can you can right. you sit in that instead of instead of constantly trying to impress? I always ask people right. something, you know, when they're like, "Well, I don't know, am I listening to my inner curiosity or am I listening to somebody else?" And I always ask people to ask themselves, who are you trying to impress? Right. And, it, and, and if you're trying to impress somebody, especially someone that you're not going to care about in a year, why are you doing it? Yeah. Because really yeah. the only person you should be trying to impress is yourself. Because the people that mm -hmm. love you are going to like you and love you regardless. So if, right. if anything, like, let's stop trying to people please and like impress people that we don't even really care about. And let's focus more on just like, giving more self-compassion and providing more opportunities for us to play because your most favorite moments in your life are play moments. Why wouldn't you want right. to have and, more of those? And these are elements that we can control. Uh -huh. you know, if, we direct, if we direct our efforts towards improving those elements that we can control and, and not be so focused on elements that we can't control like right. someone else's thoughts or feelings of us, right? Right. And I mean, and let's yeah. just even talk about like results, right? And what yeah. is considered success? 
I, I talk a lot about affluent deadness, right? Mm -hmm. I came up with this term affluent deadness recently because I know a lot of people that are super successful. I know a lot of millionaires. I know some people that are what you would say famous. Yeah. Not a lot of them are happy. Like, like they have what the rest of the world or the rest of America wants. Yeah. Like I know people that can travel the world 10 times over. Um, yeah that that have they can buy anything they want or like mm -hmm. or have the fame that they when they come out people know them sure it's i've seen them when they're not posting on instagram about how great their life is they're not as excited or happy or gleeful as everyone thinks they are and when i think of right. someone that has affluent deadness what they have is i notice that if it's regarding money, they're like, they're either worried about losing their money, or they're worried that someone has more money than them, or they're right. just bored because they thought when they got all this money, that that would bring them all the happiness and joy and fulfillment that they had. And it's not, it's not. It doesn't translate. To it doesn't. Tra no. And then they're posting no. on Instagram about how happy they are when they're not. And they're selling yep. this story to the rest of us. And then we're all rushing to get up there as well, only to get yeah. up there to realize that is not bringing us happiness either. So it's like, why no. are we all lying to ourselves instead of more focusing on how can I have social affluency? How can I have affluency when it comes to impact, like right. to, to having deeper connections in my life. When right. people talk about their top five regrets in their life, yeah. two of them are, um, I work too much. And another one is I tried to impress too many people. I tried to do what other people, I tried to do instead of doing what I want to do, right? Yeah. And yeah. like, you can't take it all with you. So just like the win of life is being able to enjoy being in the moment and really cherishing each and every one of those moments. You know, I, I look at, yeah. I look at Chadwick Boseman, for example, right? right? Like, right, yeah. Dude, in the last like two years of his life, two, like two Avenger movies, one Black Panther movies, you know, 21, yep. a bunch of other things, but even yep. how he acted, if you watch how he acted, he was all in all in and then when he wasn't acting he was at a cancer ward not bringing attention to himself but a cancer ward nope. for children giving right. them love and attention so like That's he right. was living his life to the fullest yes. to the fullest yes. if that is any indication of how one should live their life look at him so let's learn from that let's learn from other people's examples of how to truly live yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. Chadwick Boseman was a prime example of that, right? I mean, uh, living and being totally zoned in, you know, during the recordings of, of and, and the, uh, the filming of these, these big movies. And like you said, helping others and being a service, having a heart for service for others, mm -hmm. you know, who are in the hospital suffering from cancer and other uh, terminal diseases, right? Uh, in, a, in a selfless way. Uh, he's a he's a great great example of that. I, I appreciate you uh, you sharing. Yeah, that as well, and a, and, a, and imagine when a patient said to him, mm -hmm. you know, I know I'm going to die soon, but I'm just waiting for Black Panther to come out. 
Like mm. imagine that. Imagine yeah. then him taking that energy. Like one one thing that that I find really powerful that my friend Jen Abels told me is, mm. so she she ran a nonprofit called Soldiers Who Salsa, right? Okay. Yeah. And it was veterans that were amputees mm-hmm. that, and she helped them dance to like rediscover like how to dance or dance for the first time. Right. And right. and what she remembered is like during that process. And she went to the White House for it and, you know, in Afghanistan and all these places. But wow. she remembered how, like, she took her love of dance and almost was like, here's this ball of energy that I have, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to hand it off to, you know, these vets. So a couple of veterans that are like, yeah. that are struggling with looking for hope right now. Right. They don't have a lot of hope. Um, and they took it and they ran with it. And, mm. and then most recently, she was not, you know, she finished Soldiers for Salsa and she was trying to figure out what was next. And she was like, I don't know what to do next with my life. And I want to have an impact. And I'm like, I'm just kind of struggling on who I am. And what was yeah. ironic was at that very moment, she would get emails from some of these veterans that were like, hey, you changed my life. I started mm. dancing and that's how I met my wife. I started dancing and that's how I took risks in all these other ways. And they right, were right. almost giving her, her ball of energy back and being like, oh, look, you know, I have all this now. Here's some more for you. So it's like yes. when we're able to do that for each other, it's such yes. a powerful exchange. Yes. That's why I love yes. this podcast because it's people sharing stories about pain and suffering and getting through it and then taking that energy ball and handing to someone else and being like, share my story as well, because that will have a ripple effect with everyone else's story and also prove to people that they're not alone and that they can get through it if other people can get through it, right? Spot on, spot on. Now, that's the type of perpetuation we want. <laughs> you know, That's the cycle that we want. Uh, like you said, for those who are going through tough times, who have gone through tough times, they've turned things around, they're thriving, and now they're reaching out, helping other people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or people who have helped others years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and and you don't hear from them for years, and then you're trying to figure out, okay, what's the next direction that I want to take in my life, mm-hmm. and, and and you have that uncertainty, and then you have unsolicited. Okay, unsolicited. You have those individuals coming back to you and saying, you know what, that salsa class was a pivotal point in my life that made and caused a lot of changes for the better for me, right? And and, and so that energy is fed back, like you said. Okay, that's the positive type of perpetuation, in my opinion, on the totally different end of the spectrum from the previous perpetuation that we were talking about, right? With the social mask that people want to portray themselves as when they take pictures and post them on social media, when they post their statuses on social media or how they're feeling. And then, you know, trying to reach a certain level in social media that is in a lot of cases unattainable. And it's that false impression that people see and they think, oh, that person's doing great. I want to move in that direction too. Yep. And that the person who posted it isn't even there, you know? Yep. So, so yeah. So to me, that's like a far on the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to a crazy cycle, when it comes to perpetuation and, and, and the road to rediscovery in how we help others struggling and uplift others after we've gone through dark times. That's, that's the cycle we want to be on. 
Exactly. And, and as, as my friend Tashawn says, a lot of times, you're never going to get enough likes to get to feel love. You're just no. never going to get no. enough likes. You're no. never going to enough, enough followers. You just, ne it's never enough when you're focused on the results um, to bring you happiness and fulfillment, right? Yes. Because, yes. because sometimes you'll get those results and sometimes you won't. But yeah. if you're, but if you're just happy with the present moment in time, yes. then you can always find fulfillment. You can always find joy. And, and I say this uh, a lot. Um, and I, I refer to it as, as goodwill hunting people. So I'm going to yeah. share this with your listeners, you know, especially the ones that know goodwill hunting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a, there's a poignant part of the movie that I really loved and, and for people that haven't seen Goodwill Hunting, like it's Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, it's their first movie that they ever did yep. together. Great film. Amazing film. And yep. yeah, Robin Williams. And they're at that construction site, if you remember that, you know? Yep. And, yep. and Matt's a genius and he could get any job in the world at any think tank. Yep. And he's sitting there doing construction with Ben Affleck. And he yep. says to him, he's just like, you know, we're going to raise our kids at, and watch them play baseball at Foley Field. Mm -hmm. And Ben Affleck turns to him and he goes, if you're here in 20 years, I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm going to literally kill you. That. As right. your best friend, I'm going to kill you. And Matt Damon goes, <laughs> what, what, what? I owe it to myself? And he's like, no, you don't owe it to yourself. You owe it to me. You mm. owe it to all these other That's people right. at this construction site. Because any of us, any of us would give anything to be and to have what you have. You are sitting on a winning lottery ticket and you're too scared to cash it in. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I share that is like every one of your listeners is sitting on a winning lottery ticket. The thing that they think is most weird about them is also their superpower. It is mm. the thing that can impact so many other people's lives. And when they show up fully, and embrace their weird and embrace their nerdiness and embrace who they are. They give permission for other people to show up. There's someone right now waiting for you to show up so they can show up, right? Yes. And Brene yes. Brown talks about this where if you don't pursue right. that inner lottery ticket, if you don't pursue that inner curiosity, it eats away with you. It eats away at you. Like, yeah. so you either pursue it and like really discover who you are through that or the multiple things, maybe it's not just one thing, right? Right, right. Um, or you let it eat, eat at you and, it'll, and it'll, it could destroy you. The thing that most makes you most creative and most, most powerful could destroy you if you don't explore it. So like that is where, that is the challenge that I have for your listeners is like, what is your winning lottery ticket? What are the things that you know are you? And if you don't know what that is, here's a play experiment that I have a lot of people do. A lot of my clients do this, is I have them reach out to their closest friends, maybe three to four people, more right. if you want. And you're at, you ask them these two questions. You ask them first, what value do I bring to your life? Right, right. Like, what's, wh why are we friends? Like, do, yeah. what do I do for you? Yeah. Right. Because a lot of times you forget and then you hear it back and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize I do that for people. That's amazing. And then the second question I ask them to ask is, when have you seen me most alive? Like, when have you seen me most joyful, most playful, most present? 
And when you hear all that feedback and you write it all down and you look at it and you find out what people value about you and you find out what makes you most alive or what people have seen you when you, the answer's right there. That inner lottery ticket answer is right there. And then all you need to do is follow that curiosity to pursue it. And that's how you get on that road to rediscover who you are. That's, that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And, 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 and I completely agree, Jeff. I really do. There's some things that you touched on that, that I just wanted to kind of recall and, uh, and, and, and just reemphasize for the listener's benefit. Okay. Um, first thing, I am so, so glad that you walked us through that exercise, okay? Because one thing that I was uh, hoping to ask you that, that fortunately, I mean, you went ahead and, and shared it with us, and I'm so thankful for that, is you work with a lot of teams, you have workshops with groups, uh, you know, but I wanted to break this down to the individual level, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. For an individual, because you know what? That weirdness that maybe that lottery ticket that they're sitting on um, inadvertently, they don't know that, that it is a lottery ticket, but they know there's some part of them that's weird because yes. they, they, they're repeatedly told that by their yeah. peers. Yep. Well, you know, there's a lot of people who are going through dark days and having just tremendous despair because they're wallowing in that weirdness and it's giving mm-hmm. a bad or negative connotation because of how it was communicated to them exactly. by their friends, right? right? And so the exercise that you just uh, outlined for us is a great individual level type of exercise to to understand your worth, mm-hmm. um, you know, and 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 to ask, you know, how do I add value in your life? When have you seen me most alive? You mm-hmm. know, uh, and, and and that sort of thing, and 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 that's that's something that I really want the listeners to understand that you've just explained, that will help get them out of that rut and realize that that weirdness is not a curse, but right. it's a gift. Right. It's a gift. Right. Right. And and and. Um... Will Smith talks about this, especially after he leaped out of that that helicopter to do that bungee jump. You know, about the other like, side of fear was he yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where like yeah, yeah. On, on that opposite side of fear is everything, everything yeah. you've been looking for. Yeah, you know, but you have to go through it. Like that is the scary cavern. So you have a choice. You could binge watch through your whole life. You totally right. could, and right. no judgment if that's what you want to do and you feel like that brings you happiness, but. But I would challenge you to be like, does it really bring you happiness? Or are you kind of bored after a while? You can yeah. only watch so many episodes or so many movies, you know, or yeah. is it worth exploring that creative, quiet, inner, nerdy weirdness, that curious thing, and just seeing where it takes you? And, and I was asked on this in, in a recent interview where someone was like, well, how do I know if, if it's, you know, if it's my inner curiousness or, or I'm just being wishy-washy, like if I don't like it, you know, I, I, I don't want to be flaky. And I was like, well, it sounds like you're shitting on yourself right now. And yeah, I remember going to a winery once and I, I was talking to the guy and um, I was like, you know what? I don't know anything about wine, dude. And he goes, mm-hmm. you know, if you like the wine, you keep drinking it. 
If you don't like it, you stop. And that's the <laughs> same thing with this. You yes, follow yes. that inner curiosity. Like, let's say you're yep. like, oh, I want to make a video. Oh, how did that feel? Yeah. Oh, that was fun. I'll keep doing it. Oh, right. I want to make more videos. Yeah. Eh, actually, now it's not that fun. Oh, let me do this. Yeah. Just like yeah. we did as kids. Yes. When we would go play tag, we wouldn't yes. even introduce ourselves to another kid. We'd just be like, right. what are you playing tag? Oh, sweet. And then when I got yeah. bored, I just left. You know, yeah. it's just like, it's that, it's that organic, you know? And it's yeah. like, let like again let go of the results and and be willing to just play in the playground which is life and see where this might take you right right and and and, and you know uh that's something i wanted to know as far as when you work with your clients okay um as you're about to embark on a workshop mm -hmm. now uh from what i understand there's some degree of walking your clients through reflecting on their own childhood when they play. Yeah. Asking them how did they feel as a child? Uh, what were they what were they feeling like and going through yep. as a child when they play the game? If one game didn't seem to materialize or it ended, then you played a different game and that sort of thing. And what was revealed when they played that exercise as a child, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so there's an interesting exercise that, um, or workshop that my colleague Lauren and Yi and I came up with called "Your Future Is Where Your Fun Is," and yeah. we clearly stated this. And this kind of comes from this play guru Kevin Carroll, who's amazing, by the way, mm. and his story is phenomenal. Um, mm. But he would talk about how, like, the future is where the fun is. Like, who's yeah. having the most fun? That's yeah. the organization you want to be a part of, or those are the organizations you want to be because they're adaptable. They're right. not the blockbusters, you right. know, where they're like, we're not going to change and then you yeah. die. Right. Yeah. But yeah. they're enjoying the future. Well, yeah. how do you explore the future? Well, let's go back to the past. Yeah. So what we do is we help people explore what was one of the things they love to do most as a kid? Like, what did right. you love to do most as a kid? Well, I love playing football hide and seek uh uh red light green light yellow light stop <laughs> sweet so yeah, so so know? let's break down like hide and seek and and red light green light why okay. did you love those games in particular what was it about those games what was it about the like values of the games what was it creativity experience like what was it that you liked yeah, I think it was experience. It was uh, those games involved larger numbers of people versus Got it. just one versus the other. Yeah. Got it. So, okay. Yeah. So, so it involved a, a lot of people being able to play together, like a lot of connection. What else? Right. Uh, it also involved um, just wonderment. Nice. Um, you know, wonderment with hide and seek. It was wondering if, if I'm it, Right. Can I find someone hiding. And if right. I'm hiding, wondering if they'll find me. Right. You know? So yeah, the wonderment was another element that was. Oh, so I love that. So like it was bigger than you. It was about connection. It was about wonderment. Right. So yeah. we would take those those aspects and be like, those are your play values. OK. How yeah. do you incorporate wonderment and connection and things that are bigger than you now in the work that you do now? Like what do you, when you think of those, what, mm -hmm. what, what ties into that around the work you do now? Oh, well, I, I, I think it, it ties into just about every element of, of my job working in HR and talent development and um, you know, 
working in new hire orientation. You know, we have a whole team. Uh, we welcome the new hires. We have a lot of interactivity when it comes to, you know, giving them orientation, allowing them the best opportunity, put the best foot forward. Yeah. Learning oh. and awareness. So, yeah. I mean, so yeah. I, I love all that. And also your podcast, dude, like there's <laughs> something powerful. Your podcast is bigger than you right? Yep. It's about something so much bigger than you. It's yes. about connection. It's about wonderment. And you're like curious to hear people's story and then amplify those stories. So it's, just, so what we challenge people to do when we do a process like that is then we ask mm -hmm. them of the work that you're doing, how much of your play values are incorporated into that work? Okay. And can you do more of that type of work? Because that is your, <sighs> that is your flow state work. That is your okay. zone of genius work as Gay right. Hendricks talks about, right? Like right. Gay Hendricks talks about your zone of incompetence, the stuff you're not good at, zone of competence, things you're like average at, zone yep. of greatness, which are the things that you're like good at and you get a lot of praise for, yeah. but it's not what you really want to do. And then your zone of genius, which is the stuff where you forget about time, where yes. you're just like, you would do it for free, right? Yes. And yes. if you can incorporate those play values into your work more, even if you're just doing it five to 10% more a week, right, right. it has a ripple effect on all of your other work, all the work that you don't like to do. And then all of a sudden you're doing exponentially better yes. because you are doing more of the stuff that is the root core of who you are. Ah, uh, I see. I see. So, so after a play workshop, um, what is it that your clients tell you when it comes to reflecting on that play experience in the workshop, uh, did, did they did they do they tell you that they felt the same elements uh, as as they did when they were a child during play? Sometimes I think yeah. I, I've gotten a lot of feedback. I just ran a workshop for a biotech company, and a, uh, and a lot of the feed the immediate feedback was like, "Man, I have never thought about that," or "I forgot the last time I thought about what I liked to do as a kid," or "It was so interesting to hear what my colleague likes to do in yeah. comparison to what I like to do." There was this one person that shared how she was like, "Well, when I was a kid, I loved to be a teacher, so I would create." 20 different characters that were my students yeah. and then I would have my mom buy me teacher supplies mm -hmm. and I literally would create a whole curriculum you know and we'd be like why do you like doing that that's so interesting and yeah. I was like and how do you do it now and she's like I do that now I teach people <laughs> now in even yeah. in my HR role like yeah. I love to create these experiences I love to like work and help help people out and, and, and deal with conflict in certain ways. And it was like, yeah. whoa, man, just even realizing I'm already doing a lot of the work. Yes. You know, I remember yes. talking to what this one lawyer that was like, I don't play, I don't play a lot. And then I was like, well, what do you do? And she said, um, I, I take groups that hate each other. And then I help them come to an agreement on something. Mm. And I was like, tell me more. And as she was exploring it, I was like, that sounds like your play. Like that sounds yeah. like you, you're problem solving. You're like, yeah. again, you're meeting your skill level and the challenge yeah. perfectly. So right. own the play that you're already doing and then double down on that type of play right. by identifying those play values and seeing where that might take you. And you'll just have a better experience at your job. Nice. So a lot of what you do also is helping them identify what their play is. 
Right. Or, and yeah. that's why I, re I refer to it as rediscover your play yes. because they already have all the answers that they need. I mean, if, mm -hmm. if there's anything that everyone, you know, I would like people to remember from this talk is you have all the answers that you need. Yes. You've always had them. You always will have them. And if you play enough and you tap back into your weirdness enough, you'll rediscover what they are, right? Yes. So, yes. so, so have more compassion for yourself, you know, buck societal trends of what That's you right. should do and That's what's right. right and wrong, especially now during these crazy times where really a lot of the rules that did apply don't apply anymore. Nope, right? sure don't. And, mm -hmm. and, and just have fun enjoying this roller coaster crazy ride. And yeah. the other thing that I say to people, because I study a lot of, around positive psychology, which is all yeah. about like psychology typically up until 1980 was focused on what's wrong with people and positive psychology yeah. is about focusing what's right with people. How do I move people from neutral to flourishing? And there's something powerful they say in positive psychology about how you should allow a whole emotion, allow multiple emotions to flow through you at the same time. Mm -hmm. And an example of that is like when my dad died, my dad died in 2015. Yeah. All of his brothers show up, his four brothers hadn't seen each other in like 30 years. Mm. So now I have family surrounding me right. and I'm at his funeral and I feel joy. Why do I feel joy? Because I have my whole family around me. Oh That's my right. gosh, now I feel guilty that I feel joy because I'm at a funeral of my dad. And then right. I was like, wait a minute. Like I can feel joy and sadness at the same time. I can feel yes. anger and hope at the same time. I can oh, feel yeah. oh, stillness yes. and, and be also joy, jovial at the same time. You can feel mm -hmm. a lot of emotions like the Pixar movie Inside Out if yeah. you just simply allow yourself to feel them and then let them flow through you because most emotions and most thoughts only last between nine seconds and 90 seconds. And if mm. you're able to just let it flow through you and let it go, then you'll be okay. And I think a lot of times we hold on to the pain and trauma because yeah. we're scared of the unknown, yeah. but the unknown is where all of the goodness and the awesomeness lies. And, 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 and to me, that's why I feel there's an importance to lean into mm -hmm. those uncertain times, right? Lean right. into the uncertainty. Uh, of course, it seems a bit daunting at first, but you know, there's only one way to find out how things are on the other side. Right. Is, and it, and it's to go through it. Right. And it's always yeah. easier than you think it, it's going to be. Yes. Right. Yes. Because we yes. always, I mean, and then again, it's our negativity bias in our brain. That's protecting us. Lizard brain protecting us from lions from way back when. Right. Yep. Yep. But it's, but it's, it's identifying it and just being like, stop thinking of the worst case scenario. Right. You know, Either, if, you're, if you don't want to think of the best case scenario, think of the most likely scenario. Just yes. let's play with that. Right, and when you right. think of the most likely scenario, you're like, oh, you know, it's not that bad. Like, I can do this. <laughs> because, because why would I sit in, you know, what is considered like a traumatic uh, relationship with myself where right. I keep constantly beating myself up Right. When on the other side, this unknown, which is scary, I, yeah. I won't deny that, that it's scary, but right. also that's where you can be your full self. You know, Completely. it's right there if you yes. want it. And there's yes. people 
like Aubrey, like this podcast, like the people that are sharing, like your friends that are willing to go down the cavern with you and help you get out on the other side. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a phrase that we say here and it's uh, on the road to rediscovery. There are no detours. Mm. And, and, and it's, and it's so true. Uh, and, and knowing that you have uh, close friends who have gone through it just as much as you have willing to support you and ride through it with you, you know, uh, that's even more reassuring. So, uh, man, Jeff, I really, really appreciate you sharing those insights, man. Uh, absolutely beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, and I know, I know in the heart of the hearts for my listeners that there has been not nuggets, but boulders of information that we, that you yes. have shared that have resonated yes. with listeners for sure. Awesome. So, 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 so can you tell us for the listener's benefit, how, how can they connect with you or learn more about you and the sure. amazing work that you're doing? So um, you can find me at rediscoveryourplay.com and, okay. and then my handle um, is Jeff Harry Plays, J-E-F-F-H-A-R-R-Y-P-L-A-Y-S. And that's where gotcha. I, I make a lot of my stupid videos on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, you know, LinkedIn, mm -hmm. YouTube, all that medium, um, all of that jazz. And like, you, you could simply go to my website and like, let's set up a, a quick 20 minute free call where we just like, let's just hash some stuff out. Let's nice. find out what it is that you want to rediscover about yourself nice. and how we can get there in a playful way. Nice. Rediscoveryourplay.com. And your handle is at Jeff Harry Place, right? Yep. All right. You heard it there, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to make sure that we have the website and the handle and any other contact links to connect with Jeff on the episode show notes. So you can directly uh, click the links off of those once this episode is released. Wow, Jeff, man, we've covered some great stuff. Uh, I'd love to go uh, through a small little uh, segment with you called Three for the Road. Sure. And it's awesome. It's where we uh, challenge our guests with three uh, custom random yet thought-provoking questions that I challenge Ooh, to answer I in five ready. words or less. What do you I think? You might like be up it. for it? I'm down. All right. Five words or less. Yes. Five okay. words or less. And you know what? Because of the essence of the road to rediscovery and the wonderful people that I talk to, whenever we go into three for the road, uh, if one of the questions uh, kind of sparks um, it, it, it sparks it sparks a, a heartfelt sentiment or thought or vibe in 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 in, in something that you want to just convey. Sure, there's, there's some energy you feel. I let it roll, man. Okay, just got it. Let it roll. Okay, got it, got it. But I All will right. try my best to answer in the five <laughs> words or less. All Ooh, right, this is exciting. Yeah, and 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 my questions are customized. My guests, I don't uh, ask the same guests the same question. Perfect. So, yeah. Love it. All right. So uh, here we go. Three for the road. Question number one. Yours is around play, obviously. <laughs> uh, what can we learn about life from the elementary game of shoots and ladders? Ooh. 
that was six words. I was like, okay. Um, All right. Oh, okay. I can answer it. And let, let me answer it in six words. You know, you got it. You whether, got it. whether up or down, continue to play. Like, love it. It's like, that is the whole, that's the whole thing of shoots and letters. Yeah. 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 Continue to play. All right. Or, or the other way I would answer it is enjoy okay. the ride. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. That's there's three. a ride going up. And ride a ride going, going down. down. Yep. Enjoy Love whatever it. that ride is. Yeah. Yeah. That's profound for sure. All right. Question number two. What can be said in your mind? What can be said of the Brotherhood team of Mario and Luigi? Ah, oh, perfect. Two dudes embracing their weird. All right. <laughs> I love that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the color of their, uh, their, their outfits, their hats, the yeah, overalls. They're, yeah. They're just super weird, you know, and the bushy dudes. mustaches. Yeah. They, and they yeah. don't care. They, no, they don't like, this is who I am. Yep. Yep. Love it. All right. And question number three, the top off three for the road, Jeff, this is going to be an easy one. Fill in the blank. We play to. Mm. Uh, the standard answer is we play to discover who we are. Um, but I'm going to answer it a different way. All right. We play to change the world for others. We play to change the world for others. For others. And the reason I say yes. this, and this is why I expand on it, is like, yes, when you are willing to show up, you know, fully in your play, the ripple effect is massive, you know? Mm. And you yes. will never know, you will never know the impact that you'll have. You just will That's never right. know. That's right. But that, but but you simply being willing to like take a risk and like sharing a really personal story, you know, with yeah. friends or sharing this on this podcast, yeah. you know, like there's something like, Oh, here's a perfect example. It's like by you, Aubrey showing up to be like, I'm going to make this podcast because I think this is really important. It yes. gave, it gave the other 75 people or how many, probably even more people that you've given a platform to share their story for them, you gave them permission to show up. You gave me permission to show up. And then us 76 people sharing our story is also then giving permission for other people to show up. So like, I can't even imagine how many people you've already affected simply by you embracing your weirdness and being like, I'm gonna start this podcast. I have no idea where this podcast is gonna go. I don't know <laughs> what's right. gonna happen with it, but I'm just gonna do it. Why? Because I want to because yes. it's interesting to me, because yes. I'm excited about it, because yes. it makes me feel alive. And yeah. look at the, just you doing you, not even knowing that like tens of thousands of people are already being impacted by this. And hundreds of thousands of people will be impacted by the tens of thousands of people that hear this, right? So it's like, oh, for sure. like give ourselves more compassion and credit yes. when we show up, man. Yes. And that is, that is what, that is the challenge that I have for your listeners. 
Yes. Are you ready to show up? You hear that, listeners? That's the challenge. Are you ready to show up? Right? Are you ready for your play? That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, you know, man, uh, I am, uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm on board with you, man. Jeff, I am totally, totally on board with you. And uh, uh, man, it's crazy. I had a thought and then I lost it. That's okay. It'll come back. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but man, I want to thank you so, so very much for being on the show. We've had a great conversation. Uh, the listeners, you know, um, they, uh, I, I, I know that there's been things that you've said that have resonated with them. I get feedback from my listeners all the time. Uh, I can't wait to share that feedback with you. And uh, I remember what I was going to say here, man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what you just mentioned, as far as the ripple effect, right? Uh, it's, it's two things. It's infectious and it's exponential, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the, the feeling to have a heart for service and to help others and to give people a platform to share their story all in the name of helping others, yep. you know, uh, to me, uh, that it only makes sense, you know, and, 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 and what I do, and I'm sure a lot of other podcasters can share in this same, uh, in this same, uh, opinion, but it's a, it's, to me, it's a beautiful, perfect storm. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect storm of what excites me, uh, what, what, what gets me jazzed up, you know, uh, and at the same time, it's, 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 it's truly fulfilling what I feel is a need for uh, people to have, yep. uh, for this world to have. Yep. And it's just my small part of contributing to help make the world a better place. And that's why I'm so happy that we, we found each other. We yes. rediscovered yes. who we are yes. through this. Yes, we totally have. Jeff, I look forward to having a future sequel episode with you mm -hmm. in six months or so, because I know with the amazing work that you're doing, that you are transforming lives everywhere you go. You're leaving them in your wake, <laughs> a wake of transformed lives. And, and, and so there's going to be bigger projects, bigger endeavors, and some major milestones that you're going to hit that I want to make sure I have you back on the show so you can update our listeners on if that's okay. Oh, that would be amazing. Thanks so much. Oh, that's great. Thank you, sir. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to The Road to Rediscovery. A quick reminder, if you want to have an exclusive heads up on who the upcoming guests are going to be on the show, I highly recommend that you subscribe to our mailing list at roadtorediscovery.com. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com. The Road to Rediscovery is a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You're now a part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life. And it sure feels good having you on the journey with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon.